Welcome. Edric Smoke, so good to be with you. April D. Gregory, she will cut you for a nickel. That's what's going on today. I am Tony Katz, April D. Gregory with me, Fingers Malloy. Uh, as always, we eat the fine food, we drink the fine bourbon, we smoke the fine uh, cigars. We are doing bourbon today. We don't always review bourbon, but we are reviewing bourbon today. So it's important to remember the rules of bourbon. We do this every single time because we don't like anybody to feel like they don't know what's going on. Because people who, who drink bourbon or drink scotch and drink, well, drinks, they, they like there's this whole hierarchy that they want to have. Like they know more than you. These people don't know more than you. You know as much as them. And here's how you know it. Uh, to be bourbon, uh, it does not have to be made in Kentucky. It has to be made in the United States. It has to be in a new charred oak barrel. That's what had has to be uh, for bourbon. It has to be aged for at least two years to be considered a straight bourbon. The mash means like the, the guts, right? What it's made of? 51% corn. That's how it has to go. The whiskey cannot enter the barrel at higher than 125 proof. Cannot uh, uh, exit or cannot enter the bottle, I should say, at a proof less than 80. So those are the parameters. And the only thing you can add is water. And that's only to lessen the proof. Nothing else can be added. That is bourbon. And guys, uh, before we get in, into it, because uh, we've, so, we've got so many mob things to talk about. So much mobness going I'm on. I'm so triggered in, by in, you in, saying that right I'm, now. Thank you. You two can work at CNN. Honestly, guys, don't. Don't. Listen, don't. Tell, we're not talking about whether or not we, you share any politics. CNN has lost their minds. We'll get into that in a second. We are doing the Russell Reserve uh, today. I don't know. I, I guess I'm on a wild turkey kind of kick because we did the whole, uh, the whole uh, Matthew McConaughey, right. the Long Branch, which was a very simple, simple bourbon. Uh, this is a straight bourbon, 10-year-old um, um, uh, by uh, the master distillers there, Jimmy and Eddie Russell of, of Wild Turkey, bottled at 90 proof. Uh, as described, this 10-year um, this is uh, cinnamon, butter, roasted wood uh, with vanilla um, and uh, a little bit of uh, oaky sweetness alongside what they describe as orange, dark chocolate, leather and baking spices. So basically, you're getting a syrupy sweet kind of kind of bourbon here. So to your health, April, to your oh, health, uh, fingers, um, now. fingers. Hey, you all right, fingers? Much better now. All right, huh? Okay, hold on. Wow, oh. ha, 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 I'm stronger. That is nowhere near as sweet as the long branch that Matthew, McCona Matthew McConaughey does. Um, I think I, I took that one better than you did. Oh, my God, that was not. You did not. That you was did not Kentucky Chew long stronger. enough. I didn't, I didn't Kentucky Chew. Long enough. All right, hold on. I'm going to try it again. You, Swish you it around. Me, what did you think? I, mean, I, I think it tastes like bourbon. It's definitely different than that Matthew McConaughey one. The Matthew McConaughey one, to me, was rather bland. It was just kind of there. Uh, this stuff right here. You feel you better about here? this? Oh, yeah. It's there. I, I like there's, this. Yeah, there's no missing this. It is <laughs> everywhere. Oh, man, no. It's intense. Oh, that's good. Oh, no. Oh, no? Oh, no. What, wait, what do we not like about this, Tony? I, I don't know the taste. Um. <laughs> I, that comes across to me as totally harsh. I'm, I'm a little numb in the mouth. You can't tell me roasted wood and all right, a little bit of butter, but you can't give me the other stuff. Now maybe it'll come, maybe it'll come on the tongue. You know, maybe it'll just it'll it'll it'll, it'll happen right there, but not right now. Right oh, now, it's just painful. This is beautiful. Really? Yes. It's, it's like numbing. It. I'm I'm numb. Is that a I'm, good thing? Like my cheeks are numb on the inside. What? Ha wait, did you did someone roofie it? What? No, I swished it around. Like and you're therefore, supposed you feel to. numb. Yeah, it's a little tingly, numb. The same thing happens with certain levels of mouthwash. <laughs> I don't think that's what you want out of a bourbon. Ask you Kitty Dukakis. <laughs> By the way, if you had Kitty Dukakis on your bingo card, <laughs> go on God. and scratch that off and see the bookie for your winners. I feel like we got all this out of the way last week, and we don't need to start going there again this week. <laughs> so I, I, we, 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 I wanted to get into because because uh, April had texted me and said, I don't care what we do, I want to talk mob. I want to talk mob and mob triggering and mob insanity. I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm more than happy to. So this is a CNN story. And this story is, you know how everyone talks about fake news and, you know, either, either stories that are totally made up or, or really it's just about, um, like, 
trying to create something out of nothing, which I think is more of, of what fake news really is, is creating something out of nothing. So um, it's Brooke Baldwin. She's a host at CNN. And on the show are, are Matthew Lewis, Matt Lewis, Matt K. Lewis, and Mary Catherine Ham. Uh, right? So uh, one way or another, we, people we've just known that you've, you've seen them on, on TV and in writings and what have you. And they're talking about how it was a mob that surrounded Ted Cruz at that restaurant, right? When they were screaming and yelling and he had to leave, right? Was, they called it a mob. And Brooke Baldwin starts chastising Matt Lewis, right? And she's like, Matt. <laughs> Matt. I can't, am, I, am I even doing it justice? You're not even doing it justice. It's you got to cover your Matt. face. Right. I, need, I need to hear the pain in your voice, Tony. I need to hear Matt. the triggering that... Matt. This needs to come from the bottom of your stomach. Matt. It was it, the, the elitism on display is like, and she's like, oh, that's not a mob. That is not how we define a mob. We're, are, are we, and then she said, are we really going to use the M word? And then it continues. CNN, like, like in a bunch of different places, says it's wrong. Like when, Pete, when like Maxine Waters, congressman from California, says you should get out of your car and surround people. When Antifa, these... T- and Antifa is not a peaceful group, guys. And I don't, I don't care what your politics are. Antifa are fascists. These are communists. You know, what's the difference between a communist and a fascist? I'm pretty sure it's the uniform. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they're totally violent people. They're totally violent people. Um, and and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, these people aren't mobs. What the hell is wrong with CNN? Since when did it become wrong to say that this is a mob of people? Uh, you know, first of all, CNN. Are you going definition? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to actually uh, pull up the definition. Are you using Urban Dictionary or Webster's? No, I don't want to go the to Brett because Baldwin then dictionary. I'll find out about boofed if I go to the Urban Dictionary. Boofy. But a mob is defined by Webster's Dictionary as, as a large crowd of people, especially one that is disorderly and intent on causing trouble. Now, my large crowd, isn't that based on you? Like, if you're one person and there are 12 people, isn't that a mob? If they're coming after you, yes. If I they're so. coming and intimidating you and talking to you and attacking you, that's yeah. that's a mob. Yes. If there were five of them that, and you were one, so why are we arguing this? I, I couldn't help. We didn't get the memo. We didn't get the we didn't get the M word memo sent to us that we're not supposed to say mob. Freaking M word. I couldn't help but think about that ad that came out earlier this year by CNN that has been memed to death on the internet's where this is an apple. Some people will tell you it's a banana. They may even type in all caps that it's a banana, but this is an apple. And then at the end, it said facts matter, CNN. To me, I kept thinking when Brooke Baldwin was not wanting to call a large group of people causing a scene and chasing someone out of a restaurant, not a mob. I kept thinking she was yelling, it's a banana, it's a banana, it's a banana, it's a banana. but, but why is this the hill you would die on? And, and this is where the rubber meets the road, and I don't understand anything. And with CNN lately, I don't understand anything. So I understand that, like, um, regard, they, their job is to be the, the network of the opposition, right? If you hate Trump, well, then they're the network for you. That's one thing, right? I can understand that math. I can understand that business model. But what we're getting into is pretending that things aren't or trying you know what gaslighting is you know the gaslighting is trying to psychologically uh convince you that something is that isn't real that actually is or is real that isn't right this is gaslighting oh no that's not a mob it's a group of people coming after ted cruz or kristen nielsen the homeland security secretary or this person in a parking lot or this person sarah charlie, sanders sarah sanders well, well that was the owner but but uh, charlie kirk and candace owens doesn't matter if you like them or not it was it was a mob of people Right, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, that's not it, that's not it." You know, you got caught in bed with the other woman by your girlfriend, and you're the guy trying to say, it "Wasn't me." <laughs> you're that kid. That's CNN. Well, and the way she put it too was, "I'm not going to use that word because you're weaponizing that word against a group of people." I, it, the whole thing was very confusing to me, and I looked at that and I thought to myself, "Okay, they're doing this. They're pushing back against this narrative." Because they know it hurts the Wait, left. Wait, weaponizing? She said weaponizing? Yes. I didn't, you remember did I that? Miss that? She said, I'm not... This Brooke is Baldwin what, said weaponizing? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mary Catherine. No, 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 no. no. The, 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 the news babe at CNN. 
Brooke Baldwin. Brooke Baldwin said that the right is weaponizing the word mob. Did you just refer to her as the news babe? Yeah, news babe. <laughs> uh, That's fingerless Malloy. <laughs> but no, I mean, we're going to get soon. But no, it's the they they are pushing back against this narrative and they're trying to figure out a way to get right wingers to stop pointing out that it's a mob because they know it's effective. I've never heard of the weaponization of of words like mob on the left. You know, they're not worried about language on the left when it comes to defining what they believe the right believes in. Right, but to to me, well, so so I think you're into a into a different place. I'll save that for for another day. But mob is mob, and and that they're di- that they're willing to die on this hill. I so you're. I'm saying I, I it's think because the they, thing they, that you're getting into that uh, the first part of it that I think is right is that they realize it looks bad. And they realize it probably activates and, and gets more people to the polls on, let's say, the political right or, the, or from the undecideds not to maybe vote for the political left. And so they're trying, to, they're trying to thwart that. But why? Maybe the better thing to say is, hey, don't surround people in restaurants and scream at them. Maybe that should be the, 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 the answer, right? Maybe that should be the thing. But it's, but, so it, I want to know if you think it's a mob when this happens, Right. And the, and the reason I bring this up, I, I don't mean to go so quickly into the drink, into the smoke of, of what we're doing, but we're smoking uh, today. Uh, the, this is a full-bodied smoke. This is the Davidoff Winston Churchill, the late hour. Right? So the late hour is a rather full-bodied uh, cigar. We're doing it in the Tur- Churchill. It's an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper. I adore an Oscuro, right? We're talking about, uh, you know, sometimes you might see it as a triple Maduro. This this ultra kind of kind of a dark. Uh, well, it, there is the Ecuadorian Habano or the Escuro wrapper. There's two kinds actually. Um, that ultra ultra dark kind of wrapper. And the origin of this is the Dominican. It's it's dabbed off. Of course, that's the way uh, it it's it's gonna go right there. We're talking about black pepper, dark coffee, and then those hints of of leather and that kind of sweetness that can come through. So when you're talking about the Dominican, for me, you're always getting a little more spicy. You're always uh, engaged in, in, a, in a little more of that. I, I prefer Nicaragua. I prefer Esteli uh, and, and those kinds of, of earthy kind of flavors. But this is a full-bodied smoke, and I, I use it today. Are you, are you all right there, April? I'll be all right. All right. I use it today because we talked about the mob. So Scott Kelly's an astronaut, and Scott Kelly is married to Gabrielle Giffords. Right. The woman who got, the congressman who got shot, uh, Jared Lee Loughner. It was insane story and they're both now very anti-gun people and i don't i don't tell them how to live right i disagree with them i'll fight them on that scott kelly astronaut quotes winston churchill on twitter he quotes churchill on twitter and the next thing you know the online mob comes after him to say how dare you uh elevate winston churchill churchill was a was a was a, a, a an imperialist yeah. churchill was was attacking people churchill was a a bigot and and all of a sudden scott kelly says you know what i i i clearly need to educate myself i didn't mean to uh quote such a a, a racist terrible person and and i thank you all and i've learned from this churchill saved the world Churchill saved the British, got them through the Blitzkrieg, kept that morale up single-handedly, and he didn't do it with money, he didn't do it with free things, he did it with his words. Churchill is a legend. And now, a guy who was willing to rocket himself to space, spent almost a year on a space station, he's afraid of the online mob. Now, the question is, isn't that, a, would Brooke Baldwin agree, that's a mob? That's a that's a real and true mob, April Gregory. But it's a double standard, so it's not really a mob because they need to put him in his place and let him know, you know, Churchill's a racist and a slave owner and, and all this and that. So none of it. Who even knows what's true on those slave stuff? owner? I don't know. It's insane. He wasn't a slave owner. That's what Listen. they were saying on Twitter. I didn't know either. Maybe I just didn't do enough history reading. Well, uh, look, I, I think a lot of this stems from India. Right. right, and uh, are we going to pretend that uh, if India were in another part of the world, that the British wouldn't do the same thing? It didn't matter about what co- sk- the skin color was of the Indian people. The the British were trying to hold on to their empire. 
as much as they could. I, uh, to me, this, like you said, Tony, uh, it, it's offensive to me that we're we're gonna we're gonna paint Churchill in that kind of light. Uh, we talk, I don't know if we're talking about India. Maybe they're referring to the Boer War, which was uh, on, on the African continent. Um, so that could totally be what people are referring to. But it's nonsense compared to what the man actually did. It, the world under Hitler sucks. Stop, st- don't tell me about how you feel triggered about anything. But isn't this more about how they want to tear apart anything that is considered good in the West and Western history and try to paint it in an evil light? Yes. That's what it's about. But is that what Brooke Baldwin's about, right? I get that that's what the social justice warriors are about, and that's what they're about. We all see it. We all watch it. And that, you, know, you don't even have to be a, a, an active observer like we are. You can be totally passive in, in Twitter. These social justice warriors are insane. Hoop earrings are cultural appropriation. Right. I mean, it's, it, there, there's, never, there's never an end on any single level uh, to this, but... Is that Brooke Baldwin now? No, Brooke Baldwin is pushing back against the narrative on the right, which is effective. I think most people outside of the New York, Washington, D.C. bubble would look at a group of people charging a restaurant and chasing a senator out and say, that's the kind of behavior that is not acceptable and that's a mob. And if the right uses that and if Republicans use that as an example of why we should not let these people have political power, people will... The folks, as Bill O'Reilly likes to call them, the folks out folks. there in, in, in America. As Bill O'Reilly calls that, them the folks. Yeah, he calls them the folks. Huh. Uh, that's an effective message to push back against the left. And I think that you have apologists like Brooke Baldwin out there that are seeing an effective message on the right and saying, well, we have to do everything we can at CNN because we're the resistance. So you don't think she just objects to the term. You think she objects I... to the term for purpose. So you are calling her a social justice warrior. Well, I don't know. I'm. If anybody hasn't seen this video, they need to go watch this video because it was so genuinely, she was genuinely offended. Like, this was oh, not a show. I don't feel like this was an act. Like, she was genuinely, like, she had never heard the word. She never fathomed this could possibly be a mob. Like, she was so it affected like by act. this. Would she put her hands, her head in her hands? No, it like I think act. she genuinely believes that it, the hackery level that she is, like, she believes that this is not how the left is i think I, she believes her i think she believes the lie i think she doesn't believe it I, I i don't know i don't even know how to answer that because if she if she doesn't accept that it's a mob then then what does she does she accept that it's wrong does she at least accept that it's wrong she wouldn't no. even go that far she said i'm not saying it's right she said that in the clip but mary catherine you know she's very good Mary Catherine Ham had a little snarky one-liner. She said, well, look, if it's a Tea Party group, we're calling it a mob. That's true. And then Brooke very swiftly changed the topic. Yeah, she said, well, I'm not going to... Let's, let's move on past the M word. The M word, Tony. Mob is now a dirty word on I, CNN. I, by the way, I, 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 the letter dash word thing, isn't that as bad as the thing? Isn't that as bad as the thing? But I don't know. All of a sudden, this becomes acceptable. Honestly, there's going to be nothing left to say, and you realize, holy cow, George Orwell was right. George Orwell was right. In the future, yeah. the dictionary gets smaller, and somehow we're all better, better off. That is crazy. There is so much more to get to. By the way, the cigar I'm loving. Yeah. yeah. The cigar, cigar is, is tremendous. Churchill. Uh, you right can't go now. wrong with Churchill. Can, yeah. I, can I say this don't to you, Tony? Yeah. We have a mutual friend, Cameron Gray. And he produces NFL football games on radio. Yes, he does. And I, I've always uh, said that he has one of the best jobs in America. Doing right. It. To be able to come here and be able to smoke a cigar and uh, drink bourbon and be at work. It's glorious. I, I, it's a fantastic yes, job, yes, Tony. Yes, yes, I, I used to be a plumber. I used to be in crawl spaces, in, you know, in the middle of winter with water in the crawl space, sweating pipe. This is better. Yeah, this, is, this has opened my eyes. You know, I would occasionally have a cigar and not know what I'm doing. And then, you know, you and I have become friends and you've kind of opened my eyes uh, to the world of, of cigar smoking. To be able to couple it with a good bourbon, it just makes the bourbon better. It makes the cigar better. It's, it's a fantastic experience. I will tell you this. Uh, what Davidoff has redone is, is, is great. And... and uh, I will tell you, the, the start of this cigar did not burn right. I, I'm a sucker for construction. Don't even, if the construction is not good, nothing else matters. It has to be a well-constructed, can't be wrapped too tight, can't get the draw, can't be too loose, can't have those tubes. Therefore, it's just it's burning unevenly. 
the the start of the cigar did not work. Now, it's a great draw. Now this thing is tremendous. This is this is the late hour by Churchill. This is not a cigar to take on the golf course. This is the cigar to smoke after the golfing is done. Right? You you're out with your father-in-law. Pull out one of these. Um, no, no, April Gregory. Oh, you, you, yes, you got to trust me on this. This is a father-in-law cigar. This is this is you know what? If you're out, if, if you're if you're in your twenties, no, 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 you don't, you don't, no, no, this no, no, is a no, sophisticated no. cigar. No, your, your friends want to pre- if you've got that friend who appreciates it, uh, great. This is uh, you know what? We just landed the deal cigar. You know what? This is a uh, uh, an anniversary cigar. This is some. This is. This should be enjoyed. This should be taken almost in solitude. I am not one that likes to have a longer cigar, and the Churchill typically is what? How how long? A tr- eight, like eight. Honestly, this was like eight inches long, wasn't it? I mean, uh, whoa. Uh, Where are we going again with this? No, no. My my point I was going to make was normally I don't like a cigar this long. I could smoke this all day. It is this quite is long. Fantastic. And I, I, when we got it, I thought, oh, this is long, it's, and it's, I want to, I, I like this because I want to be able to enjoy this for a, a while. A standard uh, Churchill, which to say standard is a thing, was between six and a half and seven inches. Okay. Right? So this is a, a, a this is a seven inch. It's not uh, a short uh, stogie. Churchill, uh, right here. So it's, uh, it's a seven inch by 48. So 48 is the ring gauge. So if it's 64, that's like the thickest, right? And there are some that are larger than that. They're totally uncomfortable. They're totally, un- absolutely, totally uncomfortable. And I know everybody's like totally talking about length and going full <laughs> double entendre. You notice how we skipped over that? You stop it, people. I didn't um, ask you for the girth of the cigar, Tony. But it, but it all matters. Yeah. It all so much matters. And so I'm a big Lancero fan, which are the longer, thinner kind of cigars because you get more wrapper that's where, where more flavor is but in America that's considered a dainty almost feminine kind of cigar and guys want cigars and shut up you want something that's that, that, that you can you can enjoy and you can take in if it's just something for you know uh, the golf course and you don't care what, what get, get whatever you know if it was at the gas station fine have yourself a nice day if you want to actually enjoy something and try and pick it out this is very very worthwhile um, I'm waiting I'm, I'm still into the first third when this thing hits the second third, I think that's when the sweetness is going to come in. I'm looking forward to that. But you, you can't, guys, Wild Turkey, I love it. You can't sell me on this bourbon. Oh, you can't. I'll, I'll drink this all day. I will tell you, it's the smell is there. I'm not yeah. drinking I this unless Matthew McConaughey comes out and tells me to drink this. I don't. That's not true. Maybe I, that might be true. Okay, maybe I'm unusual when it comes to the the. I I, I like like the Matthew McConaughey bourbon. We talked about it. We drank it. It was like it just kind of there. There wasn't like a lot of flavor to it, but it was so smooth. Like you, unbelievably it was smooth. smooth. It was yeah. it was smooth, but there wasn't a lot of flavor. That's the long branch. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't a lot of flavor to it. This is not smooth. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, no, it's not smooth. But I guess maybe I like a, a bourbon that is a little rougher on on the palate. It, it burns a little bit as it's going down. Make me think to myself, okay, I'm. Oh, hey, I'm at a, at a, I'm a, a saloon in the old it. west. It's a it's a little bit better. I can't tell you that I pick up baking spices. I can't tell you that I pick up. Uh, I eat bacon cinnamon. every day. I do not taste bacon in this bourbon. I taste butter, a little cinnamon, butter. Um, the roasted wood, the vanilla, yes, I'll give it that. And it, it's I'll got totally a burn. Give it, it does have a burn. Yes, the, the long branch didn't have that. And we've had some of, some of the other stuff uh, that we had the backbone uncut. I found that to be a far smoother, more more uh, full, intricate bourbon uh, than, than, than this one. We have so much more to get into. We'll keep drinking. We'll keep smoking. And uh, we'll do it all together. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory. You find her on Twitter at April D. Gregory. And Fingers Malloy uh, on Twitter, Fingers Malloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y. Uh, Facebook, Fingers Malloy Radio. And on Twitter at Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. Uh, I want to get into this Maggie Gyllenhaal story because if you have kids, is, is this what you want from your 12-year-old? She brought it up on The View, so I feel very, very you know fine in, in, in discussing it. But I want to get to your, your cigar question, Fingers Malloy, because uh, you had a question about size and you're worried. <laughs> yes, right. Go ahead, caller. Well, size matters, uh, Tony, as we all know. Uh, right, April? Absolutely. So, uh, but my question to you, Tony, is how does it affect flavor? Say if this, you, you had mentioned earlier that uh, 
uh, about longer cigars that are not as thick. Not they're, they're right. thinner. The, the ring gauge. The ring is, gauge is, not as is big. smaller. Right, because this is the this is uh, the Davidoff Churchill uh, the uh, well, the late hour. So this is a forty eight by seven. So it's seven inches in length. The ring gauge is a forty eight. Say if this were the same wrapper, same tobacco on the inside, but it were thinner. Would that affect the the flavor? You would have more wrapper in comparison in ratio as to to uh, to to the filler. So yes, it, w- it would change definitely a little bit uh, the, the the flavor profile. No, no, I, no, no question about it, because so much of the flavor comes in that wrapper. Uh, that's what I was right? going to ask you because I think we talked about this earlier, but I think it's worth asking again. Mm. How much of uh, the flavor is affected by the wrapper? Oh, majority, I would argue. Uh, the majority. It doesn't mean that there are short cigars that aren't worthwhile, right? So uh, I prefer a a. About a five and a half inch, six inch, five and a half inch cigar, just for time in terms of what I like uh, to enjoy. This is a Churchill. This is seven inches. You need to give yourself time to be able to engage all thing, and it's going to change throughout. But there are plenty of short cigars. Nub, N U B. Now, I don't like the nub because I don't want a cigar that short. But in terms of flavor profile, because those are four inches, right? I, th- I think yeah. I think that's I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but it, it goes super quick. But the flavor in a nub is absolutely outstanding. Please don't get me wrong. It's just in, in terms of how I want to enjoy, I want to enjoy for a longer period of time. I am never interested in a quick smoke. There's, there's no time where that's my interest. I would rather leave the cigar uh, for, 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 you know, out. I'd rather not do it. If I'm going to smoke, I want to have the time. But some people, they don't have the time, but they still want a cigar. So the nub and you, is... A sensational, sensational, wonderfully crafted cigar. So April brought this up while we weren't recording. What makes a cigar like this ash as easily as it does, say, next to another cigar where you'll have like a two, three-inch ash that will not just fall off? You know, is, is it because I, it's packed tighter? Or it, it, Listen, I, I think you, you would need someone even with, with, with a far greater level of, of actual true expertise than me. I'm just a fan. Okay. You know, I know I get, I get referred to as an aficionado, and certainly I can pick up flavors, and, and I'm very supportive of, of the concept of the industry because I really do view it as art and, and the importance of, of world trade that is cigars and the fact that in the U.S. especially, um, this is a mom-and-pop business. Your local cigar shop, which is where you should, I, I think you should buy more than online, um, is, is a mom-and-pop kind of business. We do the show from Blend Bar Cigar right here in Indianapolis. That's the headquarters. They've got four locations. They're in Nashville. They're in Houston. They're in Pittsburgh. Uh, and they're right here in Indianapolis. But it's still a mom-and-pop shop in that it's a small business. Uh, and, and, and Corey and his team do an absolutely amazing job all across the, the country uh, with this. But the, the, the question is to... As, as to how, the, the ashing of it, it could be how hot it's burning. Uh, it could be that, you know, the humidity in and of itself could, could affect uh, how that is, you know, how, how moist that cigar is or whether it's a little bit dried out, things like that. Um, there are people who will tell you, you know, you don't want to necessarily ash it. You want, you know, the expression, long ashes. You know, right. that's, that's, that's what you want. Uh, yes, this has been, and you're right, ashing on its own, falling on its own from its own weight. Uh, if you if you will, um, I can't tell you that that's a, a significant problem, at least in terms of what I'm smoking, because it's fantastic. And I'm now into the second, just starting the second third of the cigar, and that sweet is coming in, and this is this is out this is outstandingly good. So uh, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm asking too many questions, but I got one more for you. So could a cigar company put in less a lesser quality tobacco as the filler? And cover it with a better wrapper. Nah, because it would because no, 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 no. That that so that's that's about. And you, if you, I think if you speak to to uh, the guys who who come up with the blends, um, that that's that's the the term of art, right? How they decide what the 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 binder is to the filler to the wrapper, right? That's about the artist's theory of it. So if if a cigar, if any cigar manufacturer is saying, well, how can we how can we uh, do this so we. Uh, we, we could save a couple bucks. Nobody's interested in that. But if you change the binder and, and filler, you're going to change the whole flavor profile of the cigar itself. So it's not that you, it's, it's about wanting something that's a little thinner so you have more wrapper to deal with. 
it's that the flavor comes from the wrapper. It also depends on the wrapper in conjunction with the other two things. Okay. Right? It has to be the, the, the mix of things. It's, it's, like, it's like food. Now, the, we didn't get to do the eat today because the whole day got screwed up. So we, we ended up grabbing lunch elsewhere and then came and did the, did the podcast. But um, I, I, take, picture Italian food, for, for example. Adding garlic to the pasta is not the indication that the pasta is going to have that wonderful garlic flavor. Because if the, if the cut of the garlic is, 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 is too big, if it's, if it's not a good knife cut and you've got these, these mince pieces versus these dice pieces and all of a sudden you get that big chunk, like, oh, what was that? You know, you know it's, it's, it's like Godfather. You've got to cut the garlic paper thin. You know what I'm saying? That all matters. It's all garlic. But what you did will give you the different thing. Different sauces uh, require different, different levels of it, but we all know, we've all been in that restaurant. If the garlic chunk is too thick and then it wasn't cooked right and it wasn't, he didn't get that proper, st- what I would call softness, I think, a, I think a chef would call it something, you know, proper. <laughs> you know, then you, you have a completely different meal and you know that one thing can totally ruin it. So I, that's what I would uh, associate it with. Let's talk Maggie Gyllenhaal. Because Maggie Gyllenhaal, in her... Uh, in her appearance on The View, she has a 12-year-old daughter. And she's telling a story that her 12-year-old daughter, you know, the question was asked, well, do you, do you talk to your daughter about what's going on in the world? And she's like, oh, oh absolutely, I do, you know. And she's, she, she's, a, um, she's activated. Oh, she's an activist, and she's a, a feminist. And, and, she's, and this is the quote. She ran into someone recently, a little girl her age, who said she wasn't a feminist. And my daughter was astonished. She came home and cried to me about it. Your 12-year-old is crying because her friend isn't a feminist. Your 12-year-old thinks she's a feminist. I, don't, I look at that and I don't say, you know, good on you for talking about things with your kids. I think that's fine. Shouldn't your 12-year-old just be having a good time and playing with friends? Does your 12-year-old have to be a she has to be a feminist at 12? What shot of happiness do you have if this is what's happening with your kid? Look, when I was 12, 12 was one of my favorite years of my entire life. We were playing softball. We were really good. We were playing hardcore softball. We were having fun. It was carefree. And for my 12th birthday, we had a joint birthday party. We went to see Finding Nemo when it came out. No, it's not Finding Nemo. Lion King. We saw the Lion King at the drive-in on our 12th birthday. So it was a, a double birthday party. That's what we were doing at 12, Lion King and softball. I didn't even know what the word feminist was when I was 12. It's, uh, listen, it's her, da- it's her daughter. I don't get to tell her how to, how to raise her daughter. But what happened? Can't, kids can't be kids anymore? What, exactly how early do you have to say to them, now listen, before you go out there, remember, the world's terrible and everybody's trying to hurt you. Have fun. Holy cow. I was at a hamburger joint when my daughter was 11, and they had Fox News on, and there was a debate about abortion. And my 11-year-old looked at me and said, what's an abortion? And I said, uh, you want a chocolate shake or a vanilla shake? The idea <laughs> that a 12-year-old is, is running around talking about feminism. Okay, look, I don't want to call her a liar I, uh, that this conversation never took place i want to think that she's lying but i wasn't there maybe maybe her 12 year old uh gets up in the morning and you know reads all the the the, you know she gets on vox and uh all the lefty blogs and does that i i find it very hard to believe that a 12 year old is running around with a a a pink hat and actually knows what that pink hat stands for (laughs) okay you you know what i I mean what 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 pink hat (laughs) referred to and and now I know what what the uh, social justice pink hat is. But how many times have we seen this on online where some leftist writer or talking head will tweet about how their young child uh, was watching Trump or, or or someone else on the right and and they made some profound political statement, and you think to yourself, oh, this is total crap. This never happened. Right. Uh, to me, I I, I Wait, hear this. So story and and, 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 I and think, I've seen people on social media say this. You don't think it ever happened? I don't think it ever happened. See, my fear is that it absolutely happened. No, I agree. It one hundred percent happened. I think it did happen, and I'm I'm in a lot of uh, parenting Facebook groups because I, I have a young child, and I, I like 
to use Facebook in a more productive way than just people spewing politics all over my timeline. And this actually is a question. It's a topic in my parenting groups. How do we handle our children in the world today? And how do we talk to them about Trump? And how do we talk to them about all the racism that's going on and the homophobia and all? I mean, people are genuinely asking this about how to talk to their children who are younger than 12. I mean, right. I, the parenting groups I'm in are geared towards toddlers because that's what I have. And people are genuinely wondering, how do you talk to your kids about this? And it's just mind blowing to think that that's something that we even need to talk to or let them go play with their friends. So, so two things first to, to those same kinds of stories. When, uh, my kids were elementary school, young, I think it was kindergarten, it was first grade. Uh, and I, we, we were still in California in, in, in the, in the, at the time. Uh, we, we would walk to school and uh, there was a uh, there was a, a sign on the on the school say no to drugs week and uh, the question from my kids was what are drugs so the sign now forced me to be to, to, to get into this conversation I actually believe in answering the question for your kid when they ask yeah. and I do and it doesn't matter what the question is like I I am totally so not weirded out about sex talk with my kids at, at, at any age. They ask a question. Well, that's great. I will answer it, and I will answer it completely. And I will, I will use technical, and then I'll say sometimes you'll hear it as this slang. I, I, I don't shy away from any of it, and I don't get weird about it. Like, you know, go ask your mother. No, 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 no. You don't yell, who wants no. ice cream? No. that's what I usually I do. do not, I do not <laughs> yell, who wants ice cream? You know? Um, what's an orgasm? I'm going to tell you. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer those questions. And I, and, oh, I, I've been asked everything, man. I've been asked almost everything. Tony, what's an orgasm? <laughs> well, well, fingers. This is the next segment. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Here's a tutorial. But, but uh, you, you brought up the Kavanaugh thing last week, and I don't, I don't like getting into my kids, uh, you know, where they go to school, how old Kavanaugh they are. Uh, but, uh, you know, about, but the, the conversation was brought up about kids in politics. I'll say this about my oldest daughter. She's 14 years old. She's in high school. That's the only thing I'll say about it. Uh, but they weren't talking about Kavanaugh. But the only thing that comes up in politics, if something ridiculous comes up in politics, and here in Indiana, you have all these ads for the United States Senate right now, and they've got this one ad that's uh, being played. This guy is just looks like a normal guy. He's just like hanging out in his car, and he's 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 uh, recording an ad. And he's wearing a blue shirt, like a, a folk. You know, Bill O'Reilly calls him the folks. Uh, and he said, there have been several YouTube videos that have been posted since this ad came out. It's a ridiculous ad about Mike Braun and how he makes his employees work through break and and uh, right, Republican be, running for senator yeah. in Indiana against the incumbent Joe Donnelly. Right, have and, to work. What? Yeah, right. And at the end, he says, Mike Braun, I believe, is not for us. So you've got a bunch of kids running around in, in at least the high school that my daughter attends, and they're just yelling, Mike Braun is not for us because they heard something silly on a political ad. And that's about as political as I've heard my kid get. And I... You know, I don't know if you you guys have heard kids yelling this too. Well, that's because we live in Indiana, and maybe in uber woke Maggie but Gyllenhaal, it's, but it's LA. It's not a political point. It's just they're just making fun of the ad, right? But that, so, but that's but, but that makes sense in terms of this is what they're seeing, and so therefore they are talking about it. They're not making you know, a leap about they it. they know who Trump is, right? So I'm I'm not talking about a cloistered, sheltered life. I'm asking, is, is the purpose of the parent to make their child an activist, is that what's considered successful parenting? Because I don't think so. And, I, and if, I, if, if there was a, a friend of, of one of my kids, regardless of age, who was, who was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a proud activist, my, my exact word to my kids would be, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Activist. What in the world, what in the world do you do with that information? And your 12-year-old, no, no. I don't want my 12-year-old to be an activist. I want my 12-year-old to be happy. That's Sally Cohn is, is a, a left-wing um, uh, pundit, right? That, that's who she is. And, and, and she uh, o- openly, uh, openly gay, openly a, a, a lesbian, and, and, has, and has a daughter. And actually wrote a piece once where she said, I hope my daughter grows up to be gay because being gay taught me so much about how to be accepting and loving and this and that. You know what? I hope my kid grows up to be happy. Right. Healthy. What the... Why does it the 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 value of my of my kid the value of your kid 
is based on their activism isn't based on you know what they wanted they wanted to work with animals and now they work with animals they're veterinarian they're happy as can be they wanted to be a teacher another teacher happy as can be uh they you know what um they really have a good outlook on life and they're fun and they have friends and they laugh and they think and they ask good questions and they're bright and they're with it and they can carry on a conversation with adults and they know how to look you in the eye and shake your hand and, and say hello when they meet you why they have to be an activist. Oh yeah, my child. Uh, they 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 went to the rally. They went to the women's march and they held a sign and 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 they were screaming f Trump. And I couldn't be more proud. What is that's that's parenting. That's I, that seems like child abuse. Yeah, it does. And you know, if we make uh, talk about kids that are a little older, I think one of the things that a lot of us have talked about on the conservative side when we go to a CPAC and we see 15, 16 year old kids that conservatives want to put out there on the national stage because they're articulate. Um, I, I don't want a 16-year-old to be an activist. I mean, how many times have we seen this when we've gone to a, a CPAC and they've elevated a 15, 16-year-old kid because, you know, conservatives are so desperate to, to try to uh, get younger people to lean more conservative than the natural thing to, to, to be leftists. Uh, I think that's too young. 16, 17, just go out and enjoy yeah, your so life. Yeah, so that happens on both sides. I mean, on the other side of the aisle, you have but David 12? Hogg, who's a... And look, I have a, sm- I have a young, very small three-year-old... Uh, very small three-year-old... Uh, Is she a feminist? Daughter. <laughs> look, I want her to be... Failure. A, yeah, I am a failure of a mother. I, I want her to be a strong, independent woman. I want her to be successful. I want her to be happy. I'm not trying to indoctrinate her into being some uh, pink hat wearing female. That's not what I'm raising here. So I think there needs to be some sort of re- reality happening. Like, no, I'm not trying to raise a feminist. I'm not trying. I don't want her to be. I don't want her uh, going after Democrats. I don't want her doing any. I'm not trying to raise her as like a strong concern. I want her to be a female and a happy, strong one, independent one. But I'm not going to force some political agenda upon my child. It's too young for their brain de- brain development, their maturity level. That's too much for them at the at this young age. They're bombarded with this stuff, though. I mean, my 8-year-old yesterday gave me a speech about global warming. Now, I don't think my 8-year-old would then come home and cry because her 8-year-old friend does not believe in global warming or doesn't right. care about global warming. That's that's where, uh, you're okay, you're a kid, you're just, be a kid. I, I, I but but when you listen, when your eight year old comes home and talks about global warming, I think the important thing to tell them is that Al Gore is a liar. I think that's the most important lesson you can teach. Uh, you know, it's I don't. You need to it's, te- it's, you need to answer their questions to the level that they can understand, and you don't need to add extra agenda onto it. Yes, let them be, let them know about recycling or, or whatever that you think is important or not. Mess. But, uh, no, you don't need Such to indoctrinate nonsense. them with global... You don't need, they don't need to worry... It, even political things. Or just... They don't need to have the weight of the adult world on their shoulders yet. Prepare them and let them to grow up to be strong. But don't embar- uh, bombard them with these heavy topics. This is just happening because Jeffrey is no longer with us. The fact that Toys R Us went under. <laughs> you can't Jeffrey. let a kid I thought it was kid. coming back. I thought I thought they decided not to it do the full bang. Back, yeah, it looks like it. But yeah. you know, the kids kids good. can't be a kid anymore. Giraffes live. See, see, on the brink of extinction, and and back to it. More to get to. Eat, drink, smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. That is the podcast. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy. All here, we are smoking uh, the late hour, the Davidoff Churchill late hour cigar. It, I'm now getting into the third third of the cigar, and it is, it's tremendously good. I mean, it is a full-bodied smoke uh, for sure, but it, is, it, it smokes wonderfully, wonderfully smooth. We're also uh, reviewing the Russell uh, 10-year bourbon that's wild turkey, and um, uh, I think less of it. Uh, while Fingers is on his second glass. Oh, it's fantastic. On his second glass, uh, for sure. I want to get into uh, uh, Trump and Kanye and iced tea. Uh, I'll do that in a second. But first, I I just got a call from from my mother. Uh My mother called because uh, her her iPhone went dead. She's got an iPhone 6. Got an iPhone 6, and it went dead. And listen, so that's fine. You might need a, a new phone. But there she is in the Verizon store uh, down where she lives. 
And the problem is, is that there are three other people in that store, all with dead iPhones yesterday. All of them. Now, I just checked the Apple site. It doesn't say it's obsolete. But what the hell? Is, is Apple trying to make products go a little wonky so you buy a new one? And if so, when do we get 50,000 people to start marching Cupertino? This is, this is, this is awful. This is, you, you can't trust anything, anyone in these tech companies. And Apple wants to act like they're above it all. They're not Facebook. They're not Google, you know, with, the, with putting together censorship-type sites for China or, or allowing your stuff to be hacked. And Facebook has another hack every other second. They're selling your data. Apple's making products not work so they can, they can sell you another product? Okay, to be fair, the iPhone 6 was from 2014. And it's still serviced, and why shouldn't it be? There are cars that run from 1958 that still work. Why can't the phone work? I Who agree. the hell is Apple? I know, they don't make things like they used to. Oh, that's you stop it, I'm, Grandma. I, I'm really concerned after Steve Jobs died, the, the direction of Apple, because it's not just the phones. Uh, you know, as... You talk to content providers on the right that do what we do. Most of us are, we love our Apple uh, products. And I have a I white. I think most of America. Well, uh, um, I, have a, <laughs> I, have, I have a white MacBook. Are you racist? Because it's white? Yeah. It's, an, it's the color of the, of the MacBook. It was the color of the MacBook Pro back God, in 2008. So, I can't believe you said the W word. <laughs> oh, stop it. But I got a white uh, MacBook Pro from 2008. It still works. Uh, I have a MacBook. Uh, uh, what's the, uh, the 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 desktop version? The iMac. Bought that in 2010. It still works. I've bought Apple computers since Steve Jobs passed away that have crapped out on me, and I had to take them back. Now, okay, maybe I'm making a leap here, but I'm starting to wonder. You know, back back in the day, it felt like Apple products were indestructible. You could, oh heck, you oh, look at this old. Uh, MacBook I have it still works and now you wow you're having Mac uh, uh, or iPhones completely crap the bed only three four years old that's crazy yeah. no it's 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 Especially it's a serious what you're problem for them. but it, it's that they were there and it's like all of a sudden it's like three four people all with the same problem that's that in and of itself is a problem. Well, that's, that's crazy. The rumor that they say every time a new one comes out they start making the older ones work a little bit less well so that you are forced to buy the new one. I don't know. And that's why you need 50,000 people to march on Cupertino. They would change. They, they will change their mind. The problem is, is that Apple thinks that somehow they're important. We don't care that you're a trillion-dollar company. Tim Cook, no one gives a damn that you're a trillion-dollar company. You know what we care? That the phone that we want is the one that works. You don't get to not make it work. You built a product. Just leave the damn thing be. Well, the, the problem with it, too, is if you look at the older iPhones, like a, a, a 6, for most people, do they really need an 8 or the new phones that are out now? I mean, you're using for the Internet. The, the camera's just fine. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, like, like April said, are they making it to the point where it's like, okay, we got to figure out a way for people that are completely happy with this computer in their pocket that was really good and it, back in 2014 and is still a really good product and really all that anyone needs, but it's not the latest and greatest that somebody would have to spend $1,000 for a new one. How can we figure out a way for them to have to buy the new one? Because the old one is perfectly fine for most but people. But we're not all one percenters. We can't all afford to buy a new MacBook and iPhone every single year, right? Well, we'll speak for yourself. And, well, <laughs> speak for yourself. I don't we don't that, all have like I the number mean, one radio show or, or, or and nothing. Uh, you know. But fifty thousand people have to march on Cupertino. Now, uh, b before we get into anything else, uh, you know, eat, drink, smoke. By the way, you get at TonyCats.com. And the Facebook page, uh, you find Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. On Twitter, go eat, drink, smoke. Things here with the podcast are doing great. We greatly appreciate everybody who's been supportive and, and uh, following along and, and, and downloading. Um, there will be, and we've put together the ability uh, for people to uh, uh, make donations and to be helpful and to... They, they want to support it and sponsorships available. It's been fantastic. Couldn't be happier with how things are going and greatly appreciate it. Go to TonyCats.com and make sure you download every single episode of Eat, Drink, Smoke. Let's get into Kanye and let's get into President Trump because it was the meeting of meetings and it was glorious and fantastic and insane. 
and I don't appreciate cursing in the Oval Office. I know it happens, but I want that to be private conversations. I want that to be not with television cameras. All right, I want to, I want, I do. I'm old school. I want respect for the Oval. It's exactly, exactly what I want. You want like pre-1995 respect for the Oval Office. Oh, oh, she went full Bill Clinton on me. She went full Bill Clinton on me. I always, I always I mean, appreciate you can't say that right there. The MF there. word in the Oval Office, but you can do the MF word in the Oval Office, and that's okay. Well, no, 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 no. That's a that, listen. No one has been worse for cigars than Bill Clinton, and it's <laughs> and it's a sin. It's a sin against humanity. Uh, what what he did? No, no, no. So, uh, but I had no problem with the meeting. You know, the president can meet with who he wants. Uh, Obama, president Obama met with Common. So. Uh, it, it, clearly, culture, politics downstream of culture, of course, it absolutely matters. I, I don't, and, and we've discussed, and everyone has discussed the Kanye meeting to death. I want to get into this latest. TMZ re- finds Ice-T, the rapper, the actor, the actor, uh, it, it, there, it, I, think, I think it was uh, New York, and he, or maybe it was L.A., and he's with uh, Coco, his wife. You know the Coco? Oh, do you know Coco, April? I know Kim Kardashian. I do not know the Coco so well. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Coco was Kim Kardashian before Kim Kardashian Ooh. was around. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, so uh, the, the, the TMZ guy goes to, uh, goes to Ice-T and says, what do you think of the meeting? Ice-T, oh, the meeting was terrible. It was just, you know, their way of getting more black people to vote for Trump. And it was just, all right, fine. If, that, if, that's, the, if that's the low-rent thought process you want to have about a meeting, sure, go right ahead. And then... The TMZ guy says, uh, so how do you uh, compare yourselves as a, as a power couple to, to, to Kanye and Kim? And like, he's like, how, what do you, how dare you? How dare you compare us uh, to, to those two? I'm telling you that Kanye and Kim are a bigger power couple than Jay-Z and Beyonce. Absolutely. They are a now. A bigger power couple. Kim's getting people out of jail. Yes. Uh, and they're having conversations about poverty and Chicago and manufacturing, all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm, uh, listen, I'm, Kanye is not like the arbiter of conservatism. That's not what's happening here. I'm not buying into that. No. And anybody who puts them on a pedestal no. is flat out out of their skull. Uh, but, dear God, it, 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 isn't it clear you had Con- uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they were cool with uh, hanging out in a... In, in Cuba, right? That's, that's all fine and good. But Kanye wants to bring production and manufacturing to the Midwest, and all of a sudden it's the greatest, it's, it's racism. CNN, holy crap, referring to, refer, literally referring on Don Lemon's panel with Tara Setmeyer and Bakari Sellers, this is what happens when Negroes don't read, and referring to him as a token Negro actually happened in 2018 where were these comments when kanye came out and said george bush doesn't care about black people when when kanye was a respected political analyst right well it's just like (laughs) what happened with trump as soon as they come out uh as republican or supporting republican ideas or trying to help the uh, republican agenda whatever then they don't like you everybody liked trump before he was the republican nominee people liked ye before we call him ye now Yay. 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 We call him Yay, yay now. Y-E. Yay. Uh, before yay. he was in the White House Oval Office, they liked him. Now, all of a sudden, if you want to try and get things done, like Kanye and Kim are doing, they're, they are working on the criminal justice reform. They're actually doing something. And instead of Beyonce and Jay-Z, who just want to take a photo op with Obama and, and talk about politics while they're, they're singing on stage or they're wearing the yellow ribbons or whatever they're doing, there's a difference between doing that and actually getting things done. Jay-Z is famous for when Mitt Romney was running for saying, I got 99 problems, but a Mitch ain't one. You know what Kim did? Got a woman out of jail. You know what Kanye's doing? Talking about, as I said, manufacturing and talking about... He's going you know, into Chicago and trying to get things done. That's the difference. This is, again, we could bring that back to the Brooke Baldwin conversation. This is pushing back against a threat. And when the left is full in Trump derangement syndrome and they see what could be a political threat, and that is Kanye embracing Donald Trump. We've seen the popularity, the favorability numbers in the black community with Donald Trump go from 11 percent to now it's in the 30s. And you see Kanye West embracing Donald Trump. The left looks at that as further a a threat to uh, their base leaving, not necessarily leaving for Republicans, but leaving for Trump. God, Trump hate is insane. 
It's because it's, it's not based in anything. It's so remarkably visceral, so remarkably vitriolic. But what does it actually get you? When does it build? And, and, and by the way, they're so hateful of Trump that they're willing to take anybody around Trump and go for full-on character assassination and just beyond destruction. They're into dehumanizing. What they did to Brett Kavanaugh is exactly what you're seeing. It's a Kanye West. It's exactly the same conversation. He's not really black. Comparing him to a minstrel show, going after his mind, and then Don Lemon put words in the mouth of his dead mother. Said, oh, if his mother Donda was alive, a friend said she'd be so upset. She'd be, she's rolling over in her grave. Dead mothers are now part of the conversation? This is, this is it's beyond sick and twisted. Uh, but the best part is Ice-T got offended? Ice-T is, is, is offended because, you know, there's a conversation about power couples? Let me, I mean. I'm, the, a, I'm offended by New Jack City when it comes to Ice-T. <laughs> An well, actor. He's just trying to become relevant again. Like, what has he even done? I don't even know. Oh, he was on the the what a, one of the one of the Law and Order. Yeah, Law and Order. And look, he was good on Law and Order because he was playing Ice T as a cop. I mean, he's not an actor. He's he's Ice T, and that's fine. He was actually good on the show New Jack City. If you ever watched New Jack City, is that Mario Van Peoples? Yes. Ah, what happened the, to him? The, 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 Tyler Perry before he was Tyler Perry. Terrible acting job. I I, I like Ice T. I, I liked his when I was growing up. I was one of the suburban. White kids that gravitated to, to rap music. Well, why do you look at me like that, April? But again, I, I hate to keep bringing this back, but look, Donald Trump changed the electoral map. In the ele- he won Michigan, okay, uh, Pennsylvania. The, 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 the day before the election, Hillary had a huge rally in, in Philadelphia with, what was it, Jay-Z, Beyonce. They're worried that Kanye West is a threat to take away more of the traditional Democratic base, not just not for the Republican Party, but for Trump. It's all about Trump derangement syndrome and pushing back against anything that could be a threat for a Democrat in 2020. Is Kanye going to be campaigning in Wisconsin in two years? In Michigan? In Pennsylvania? I'm in. Let's do it. I'm going to go. Maybe not Wisconsin, but Michigan, Pennsylvania. The question that I've been asking... And it's the question that doesn't get discussed. And I, I believe we were ahead on the curve of this. I think I'm asking the right question. The question is not whether or not you think Kanye is full of crap, because this could all be for just attention. Sure. Right? The question, that's, that's not it. The question is, does he connect with the country? Kanye has 28 million Twitter followers, which means Kanye has a larger audience on, and at any given moment than the entirety of MSNBC and CNN combined for any of those shows. Mm -hmm. So if Don Lemon says whatever, and Chris Cuomo says whatever, and Alison Camarota, and Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, and and, and Chris Matthews, no matter what they say about Trump, if Kanye tweets out, buy Coke, a million people are going to go out and get themselves a Coke. Do you mean Coca-Cola, or do you mean... Buy Coke, yes, a Coca-Cola. Oh, I don't know what we were talking about. Nose candy? Yes, I, I I totally meant... I, I absolutely meant uh, a Coke as in the, the, the soft drink, just so we're perfectly clear. It, Taylor Swift says register to vote, and 100,000 people, 18 to 29, register to okay, vote. Okay, first what, of all, no. you can't peg that on Taylor Swift. I can. There's, there, no, there's nothing that can statistically peg that on Taylor. That was the last day of voting in 18 states. That was the last day to register. Registration in 18. Of course registration was going to spike that day. You would be out of your mind. It wasn't specifically Taylor Swift that got all those people. Politics is downstream of culture. Of course it had an effect. A lot of those people were going to register that day anyway. They're not all the responsibility of her. If you don't think it had an effect, you're kidding yourself on the power of culture. She helped, but she didn't get all those people to register. She got some of those people to register. Some. Some, that's not enough for you. I, wait no, a second. No, that's good. The fact I'm glad that she was wrong. Registered, but the I, fact you, that she was wrong about Marsha Blackburn, right. and she was wrong. I mean, really, Taylor should come out and apologize for some of that. She should correct the record. She should do that for the sake she of, her, of, women. of her of her followers. She should support women. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but politics is downstream culture, and this culture totally, absolutely does does matter. But if Kanye connects to any extent. It does change an election. Absolutely. And here's the second one. I, I, I've been asking the question, does Kanye connect, is Kanye connecting with the country on Trump? Is Kanye connecting with other celebrities on Trump? Which is to say, can Kanye get other celebrities to come out and say, listen, I don't think Trump's so bad. 
Sorry, I think the country's doing better. I think that you should actually vote based on what you see and not what others tell you to see. When that happens, Kid Rock is doing it. Kanye's doing mm-hmm. it. What happens when two or three other celebrities are like, you know what? Sorry, the country's going well. Why can't we just say the country's going well? That the guy may be terrible when he talks and terrible when he tweets, but in terms of actual effect, it's working. And don't you think that's, that's one of the reasons why there's such an angry reaction on the left is because they don't want celebrities to defect? Yes. Yeah, 100, oh, 100, 150%. There's, not, there's no question. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it, once maybe once the celebrities can sit back for a minute and see that Kanye is not going to go anywhere with his popular as far as he's not going to take a negative hit as far as popularity and record sales or whatever. So once they see that, that's fine. They can maybe come out. But certainly he does have some celebrities that do agree with him. They just maybe are not out yet vocalizing their agreeance. Right. Mm-hmm. So. But we they, still have two years. But they live in a bubble, too. I mean, you have all these celebrities coming out for, you know, back in the day for Obamacare, and they're not going to be affected by Obamacare at all. Right. So it, Anthony Kiedis came out and did a video where he pledged himself to Barack Obama. Pledged himself to Barack Obama. Not to the country, to Barack Obama. Weird as... We've got much more to get into, but this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Listen, that's April D. Gregory right there. You find her on Twitter at April D. Gregory. Uh, follow her, Fingers Malloy right there. Fingers Malloy on Twitter. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. Now, you find me, uh, Tony Katz, on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. And, of course, TonyKatz.com for the podcast and for all of the things uh, that we do. And this right here, Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>